0: Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Overthinking Movies. I'm your overthinking host, Brendan Hain, of course. I've got overthinking co-host Alex Yulacki with me today again, uh, because we're going to discuss the new Halloween film, Halloween Kills, the sequel to the movie Halloween 2018 that we have to call it, because it has the same title as the original. And we're, as usual, we're going to get right into it. No intro. We're going to give our general thoughts on the movie, and then we're going to get into the spoilers and sort of our more detailed observations of it. So, I think it's fair to say, Alex, that you and I both really liked Halloween 2018.
1: Yeah, um, I actually might have come out liking it more than the original 1978 film, which is a lot because I don't usually like any reboot or soft reboot from the 2000s better than something from the late 70s or 80s and not to say that the 2018 film wasn't flawed it was more flawed than the 1978 film but a lot of the stuff that was really good in it was just fantastically good for these sort of movies that I've seen in this day and age.
0: It was definitely flawed but it had very strong elements within it. I'm not sure if I would say it's better than the original at least in terms of the the horror and the attention in it but It was definitely an extremely entertaining and well-made movie. There was just like a degree of class to the way it was edited and the way it was shot. And so, I wasn't quite sure what to my expectations would be going into Halloween Kills, the sequel, because the ending of the original movie is very definitive. It ends with the Strode family definitively basically killing Michael Myers. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little after it came out, there was an announcement that they would indeed be making a sequel. And, and not just a sequel, in fact, but a trilogy. And I was like, what, what are their plans for doing another one of these? So, I begrudgingly uh, <laughs> went to go see Halloween Kills and... My overall impressions of Halloween Kills. So, I'm gonna say a word here, and it's gonna sound a lot harsher than really some of my actual feelings are. This is more just my overall, if I were to put it out there, what I thought. I thought Halloween Kills was okay. I thought it had many of the elements that worked about Halloween 2018. It has has very good acting. It has a fair amount of ambition. It has some good ideas going on in here. I was engaged throughout all of it, but I felt like a lot of what it was going for ultimately didn't pan out, or the elements that were in Halloween 2018 that are also in this one were a little weaker than they used to be. It felt like diminishing returns, and what it really felt like to me, to almost an arbitrary degree many times, was... Both a sequel and the middle of a trilogy. But would I recommend it? Uh, if you liked Halloween 2018, you can kind of, in my opinion, kind of leave it there. But if you're interested in seeing a sequel to it, there's definitely worst examples of slasher movie sequels. There's definitely, a, a, once again, a, some degree of art and class to this this sequel as well but I'm not sure if I would fully recommend going out to a theater to see this one. But if you're a Halloween enthusiast, there's definitely things to like here. How about you, Alex?
1: Yeah, I fall similarly with my recommendations. I think if you liked the original, you'll still get enough out of this one. If you didn't see the 2018 one, there is absolutely no reason for you to go see this. I mean, granted you could, it actually fills you in on everything you've missed from the previous movie and from the original movie from 1978 that it was based off of. And if you enjoy this stuff, you'll probably find something in here that you'll get a lot out of, but if you didn't see see the 2018 one this movie it's not enough for me to say that you should go see it and as far as my my thoughts on it I did not see this in theaters it was actually uh, streaming on Peacock so I was able to watch it there but I didn't have a lot of energy that night and as soon as I started watching it it really pulled me in and engaged me very quickly the soundtrack and the just immersing you into the action and story very quickly is very great It's engaging and it will really pull you in quickly, but for me, it just kind of panned out throughout the film. I liked some of the themes they were going for. I debate whether they were executed as well as they could have been. It falls into that trap that many modern horror movies do, I think, where it has a very engaging beginning and simmers out through the end, although usually I blame that to bad writing or bad decision-making on behalf of the characters or... The plot mechanisms, I don't necessarily, again, think that the actual storyline was bad in the second half of this, but I I guess they give you so much in the first half, too, that it loses some of the impact by the second half because it was a nonstop stop thrill ride of a roller coaster and it continues to be so in some respects i think it loses some of the pop as it progresses
0: oh yeah yeah we'll get into that and speaking of we're gonna put the good old spoiler warning here and kind of get into the real meat of what is Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is both a sequel to Halloween 2018 as well as a pseudo homage to the original Halloween 2, which also takes place in a hospital, as this movie uh, does for a good portion of it. Halloween Kills deals with themes of mob mentality and the advantages and disadvantages of it, the survivor's dilemma and like the ways people deal with trauma. It's a much more ambitious film than Halloween 2. It's really going for many things, but but my, my problems were that I just felt like a lot of those ideas didn't really go full, like some of them did. That's why it was hard for me to really give general thoughts, because it's, it's a movie, I like things, and I don't like things, and it all kind of ends up middling out. So... The overall story, the first movie was the story of Laurie Strode and her dealing with the trauma of Michael Myers over the course of 40 years and how her and her family gang up against Michael and eventually win in the end. And this movie reveals that, of course, no, of course not. Michael was still alive because when they burned down Laurie Strode's house with Michael inside it, Michael happened to be behind a shutter that closed him off from the fire so he was okay.
1: Which I think in the 2018 film, they do hint at that he's probably not actually dead. I forget how in your face that hint was.
0: So do I. I more just remember the dollhouse of Michael Myers' house that she had inside her house burning to signify the, the end. Which is what I thought it meant.
1: Oh, and for anybody who isn't very familiar with this franchise, and we're talking about the original from 1978 and these reboots, if you're not familiar at all, these are sequels to the 1978 film, which are basically remaking every other sequel in the original franchise. So Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018 is the sequel to Halloween 1978, which cancels out Halloween 2 and everything else, and this stems from that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty confusing. <laughs> It's especially confusing because Halloween Kills is trying to homage Halloween 2, when technically in this new set of sequels, it's Halloween 3. Right. The beginning is more... A good chunk of it, to my surprise, was a flashback to the original 1978 Halloween with footage that we had apparently never seen before. So, it begins with this young kid that we later find to be uh, Laurie Strode's granddaughter's boyfriend. He stumbles across a cop who had a severe injury in his neck, supposedly given to him by Michael, and we flash back to 1978 to reveal that he was a cop that was tracking down Michael Myers that night, and ultimately, Encountered him, but lost his partner in the process, and was given the chance to take care of Michael, but ultimately didn't. Yeah. So the the main protagonists of this movie, like Laurie Strode's in it, but she's mainly in the hospital with her family. The the focus of Halloween Kills is the other people that survived Michael Myers' attacks. We see them at this bar, and we even get like little flashes of. Of the scenes in the movies where they where they survived in Halloween, as well as the flashback we just saw, because that's how they introduced some of the other ones. Uh, and they're decently likable characters, and they do a good job sort of setting them up and uh, the trauma they carry within them. And they're all in front of this bar, like, talking about it and being like, well, you know, we're, we're not going to let this trauma beat us. You know, if Michael ever comes back, we'll get him. And then as it turns out, Michael comes back. <laughs>
1: it really sets up a lot of the movie very quickly and it had me excited saying, wow, look at the rest of this town here and how is this all going to come into play? Because again, in this franchise, since the original movie is from 1978, basically nothing's happened since then until 2018, which I believe this movie would still be because this takes place on the same night as a movie from several years ago.
0: Yes. This is on the same night as the 2018 one, because of course, as I said earlier, Michael just kind of comes out of the burning house.
1: No, I mean, it could only be a couple of hours. I think it's still Halloween night it's after trick-or-treat now but okay so later they do suggest that Michael Myers does have supernatural elements to him because before that it's sort of implied but not confirmed I'm thinking if he was a normal person after breaking out of the asylum today and then killing person after person for hours worth of the first movie and then surviving a fire and then killing person after person on this movie this guy's got to be exhausted by now
0: We'll, we'll get to the ending, but the the focus, as I said, is on these other survivors of Michael Myers' attacks and the mob they form to kind of track down Michael. But also, the, the movie, as I say, it kind of deals with both the advantages of, of coming together, but also a lot of the disadvantages, which to me was the stuff that worked. Because of the mass hysteria it ends up causing in Hatton Field with people thinking everything is Michael Myers.
1: This was definitely the theme that stuck out most prominently. And I went back and forth while I was watching it several times on how well I thought that was all executed. Nonetheless, it's a relevant theme. And I at least admire what they were doing with it.
0: Uh, As I said, the survivors are at this bar. There's this couple there that are dressed in doctor and nurse costumes that were not survivors of Michael Myers attacks, but sort of respect these people and want to help them. And not too long after they're hanging out, they have an attack outside and like someone's in the the wife doctor's car and she's like, oh no, there's something in my car. It has to be Michael Myers. They chase out there going after it and they and it runs away and the, the car crashes into something and they go to the car and whoever was in the car is gone and it's revealed in a in a shot or kind of overlooking them to be not Michael Myers but one of the other mental patients that escaped from the same mental hospital.
1: I also did like couple who went as a, uh, the man went as a doctor and the girlfriend or whatever went as a nurse. I'm not sure if they were married or not but I guess I think it's actually revealed that she's actually a doctor and he's actually a nurse in their career. I just thought that was kind of funny
0: yeah the joke was that the wife is dressed in a nurse's outfit but she's actually the doctor and he's dressed in the doctor's outfit but he's actually the nurse yeah they were fun characters which i thought was cute and that's the thing just like halloween 2018 this movie is filled with just random side characters that have a clearly a lot of like lived-in story to them and they're fun and interesting and then they die
1: yeah, and they die, I think a lot of them die with less development in this one than some of the side characters in the last one, maybe. Particularly just because there are so many characters in this one, so they have less screen time to devote to each.
0: Yeah, which made me kind of sad, because I didn't think the comedy was as strong as it was in the first one, overall, with with those characters. Mm-hmm. So they end up tracking down this mental patient that they think... Is Michael Myers? Well, Michael Myers is kind of just doing his thing in the background, going from house to house, uh, killing people. When we get that scene when he first escapes the burning house, where he just goes out and just kills all of the firefighters outside the house, and like, and what's essentially just like this big action scene. <laughs>
1: It's a fun action scene. It continues being brutal, much like the attacks in the 2018 movie, which those attacks are part of what made that movie so intense is just how intense his actual killings are. The fireman scene, though being one of the coolest sequences in the movie, is definitely not even close to being the most brutal.
0: Yeah, uh, so you say brutal there. Like I said, it's been a bit since I've seen Halloween 2018. Was that movie incredibly gory? I don't
1: think it was as gory as this one, but it was just as violent. There was a lot of him bashing people's heads. Again, I don't think there was actually as much of the blood and guts as in here, but I think the violence matched pretty closely.
0: Okay, because for me, it got to be a bit much where it was... I mean, the effects were great for the gore, but it was just... Really, really overt. Like they just cut to these, like, really, really aggressively gory shots. And I'm like, am I watching Halloween or Friday the 13th? And I thought that in many different ways with, like, the direction and tone of this one. Because Jason Voorhees would kill all these people in really creative and different ways. And that was kind of like sometimes the appeal of those movies, is how he would kill these characters. In the original 78 Halloween, Michael Myers uses a knife and he stabs people. In this movie, he's, like, breaking off this fluorescent light tube and stabbing this lady through the face. And he's gouging people's eyes out and and sticking knives up through their heads. And it's all shown in graphic detail. And then he'll put the bodies in, like, creative positions afterwards. Sometimes using something ironic or just uh, trying to pose them in ways that he, I guess, deems fun. Was that ever a Michael Myers thing? I do remember him in the 78 film hanging someone in a closet and then when Laurie went to investigate, they like fell out and it like scared her. So the inklings of that behavior were there, but I feel like this was more just to up the stakes, up the gore, up the kills, up, you know, Michael Myers becoming more and more of a serial killer. But for me it began to disassociate how I define Halloween as a franchise. It ends up just feeling like something else and it kind of took me out of it sometimes. Even even if I admit that these scenes were like done really well in like a technical and like directing level. So, Michael Myers, who, as we said, is moving from house to house, killing these different, uh, characters. He eventually ends up meeting... So, like, two of the survivors, these two ladies, and, and the doctor and the doctor's wife, go out on their own path to try to scout out for Michael Myers... They end up finding him. And I liked how this sequence began. So those, this one lady gets out of the car to go to this playground to warn some kids to get off the playground because Michael Myers is coming. And instead of Michael Myers coming after her, because she's all isolated out on this playground, he comes after the car and comes after the people in the car. And I liked how that whole sequence was choreographed as they're trying to deal with Michael while he's on top of the car. The problem is, is that, and this is a problem I have with a good portion of this movie, The characters die because they do something stupid. The lady runs out of bullets because I guess she didn't have enough, and she dies, and then the doctor dies. And then the doctor's wife, who is at this point outside of the car, she's firing at the car. Everybody
1: in this entire
0: franchise
1: who ever tries to shoot at Michael Myers misses. I don't know if it's, like, ghostly powers or if nobody in this universe can shoot, but it is ridiculous because this guy walks at you. He doesn't ever even run, and yet nobody ever can shoot him.
0: Which is weird to me because the the lady doctor has a line where she says that she knows how to use a gun.
1: Right and it was actually the husband or boyfriend who was in the doctor's uniform who's actually a nurse who's like well how do I even load this thing? Which again was fun and I was kind of disappointed that they would kill those characters off as fast as they did though the car attack was certainly an engaging attack. Like I said most of the actual attacks in the first half of the movie are pretty gripping and engaging but as it just progresses further and further and you've seen enough, it starts getting to a point where to me it's less engaging, but this is still at the point where everything's pretty, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, though I admit the way the scene ends, I found less (laughs) brutal or uh, I just kind of laughed out loud because what ends up happening is that the doctor lady gets closer and closer to the car shooting at Michael Myers, but she keeps missing and she gets real close to the car and she's about to fire. Michael Myers kicks the car door open. It hits her and it hits her as she's firing and it causes her gun to backpedal and shoot her in the face.
1: Which I do. I I do hear you saying that it caused you to laugh as if it's ridiculous. And I, I guess I agree, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad
0: thing. I guess. I just don't know if that was the intention or not. Because for me, it was just hilarious because it's just how the good the timing was. So only one group, uh, the lady that was at the playground, actually survives this attack. And she ends up hiding in the woods. And I love that scene. That scene where she's like hiding in the woods and Michael Myers is like walking across this bridge looking for her and you hear his heavy footsteps.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was exciting too. Yeah, she's one of the only people who actually get away from him to live for another scene. This is a hour and 45 minute movie, but it it is fast paced. They don't linger on a lot, so there is a lot of content in that hour and 45
0: minutes. So Lori Strode is laying in the hospital. Her daughter's there, you know, kind of comforting her. Lori Strode believes that Michael Myers is dead and they got him and... Despite Laurie Strode's daughter very quickly hearing otherwise, she doesn't tell her and doesn't want her to know to keep her safe. She, she's at this point now where she just wants to keep her whole family safe and she doesn't want anybody going back out there and also dying like her husband that she lost at the end of Halloween 2018.
1: Which it seems like she sort of at points is blaming Laurie for, for having put the entire family in Michael's path. Although that sort of seems to pass later in the movie. I'm just going to cut to a little thing I like in the hospital. It might have been a little bit later, but one of the sequences in the hospital where a couple of the people are just talking, it might have been like some of the officers with some of the doctors or something like that. They're in like, I don't know, some sort of kid's ward and in the background they have like a poster of a bunny with a carrot, but the way it's shot looks like the carrot is a knife being plunged into the guy who is speaking his back and i just i mean not that there's not that you even needed it as any sort of foreshadowing because there's already been several knifings by this point though there continue to be i just i thought that was a fun little little easter egg from the the bunny in the background
0: i never even noticed that that's actually a, a clever little background detail
1: and it might have been more effective if they had put something like that in before a lot of the action actually started up. But yeah, it was it was fun.
0: Laurie Strode's granddaughter wants to go out and help the mob fight. Laurie Strode's daughter says no. And of course, Laurie Strode's granddaughter then goes, no, but I want to. And she leaves while also leaving behind a knife for Laurie Strode.
1: Right. That she has wrapped up in her old bloody shirt.
0: While that other group that we mentioned earlier pretty much all dies except for one, Lori Strode's granddaughter goes with sort of like the leader of the group and her boyfriend and some others to go look. From what I remember, they don't really end up finding much because they kind of just stay around the hospital.
1: Yeah, because Michael actually does not go to the hospital anyway.
0: Yes, and that's and that's the thing. Like this movie like I said is sort of doing a pseudo homage to Halloween 2 cuz that was kind of the focus of that movie is that Michael Myers ends up going to the hospital because he specifically wants Laurie Strode. So the Laurie Strode in this movie has seen Halloween 2. <laughs> So she knows that Michael Myers is coming after her, but there's a twist that we that we get to at the end of the movie. So in terms of the major scene that I can kind of think of next, for me, it was really the hospital mass hysteria mob mentality scene. Yeah. So the police are coming in trying to dispel a lot of the chaos because there are just families flooding into the hospital because so many people are being killed by Michael Myers and they're just rolling in so many bodies. The hospital is getting overcrowded it and you see these poor like <laughs> you know the, these people at the desk at the hospital going no we we don't know if your family member is here uh, you can just hold on a second and so the police are coming in trying to dispel some of the chaos going on in here but then the leader of the survivors of the mob is going no we this stops tonight we, we have to stop Michael Myers evil must die and he begins chanting evil must die the rest of the people in the hospital that are now like a giant group all chanted and they become this mob and the Police are unable to take control of the situation because in the views of the Hattonfield citizens, the police have failed. They failed in 1978. They failed now. And so they have to take matters into their own hands. And it creates this massive mob that when they suddenly hear, Hey guys, I just saw Michael Myers or what I think is Michael Myers in the hospital. They go crazy and start chasing after it. It of course turns out to be yet again, that same mental patient who just sort of ended up here.
1: (laughs) Right. Who seems to be
0: harmless. Yeah, he just seems kind of freaked out and he's just trying to run away from everybody because, well, people just sort for some reason assume he's Michael Myers because he has the escaped inmate uniform on. And also just because nobody has really seen Michael Myers aside from the survivors. So they don't really know what he looks like.
1: Even on that, like, if he just takes off a mask, almost nobody knows what he looks like.
0: Right, exactly. But yeah, they, they go crazy, and they start chasing this guy through the hospital. Laurie Strode's daughter has enough sense to know that something is really off about this, because she sees him and knows for sure that's not Michael Myers, but you can't stop a mob when they're all screaming and running all at once. So she chases the mental patient up to the top floor of the hospital. Well, not the top floor, It was, but it was definitely very high up. She kind of goes to this one hallway and closes both doors on each side of the hallways they' sort of lock the mental patient in so the survivors can't get to him and she tries to scream to let everybody know guys it's not michael but they won't listen because they're all they're so loud and they're so grouped together and they're all rushing at this point so they try to bash in both doors to get to this guy and the mental patient so distraught and scared flings himself out the window to his death
1: this guy that everybody's convinced is uh, Michael Myers, who I think looks more like Danny DeVito in Batman Returns or something, because he's some balding
0: little pudgy guy. <laughs> <laughs> he really does.
1: I mean, it's not the climax to the movie, but that's the almost thematic climaxes, I would say. So what did you think of this whole sequence then and uh, it's, its meaning?
0: To me, this might have been my favorite sequence in the entire film. Okay. Because for me, this is when the themes of the mob mentality kind of, you know, and the survivors grouping together kind of come back on themselves. That their own hysteria over Michael drives them to cause the, the death of an, of an, of an innocent. I thought the editing and just the overall of uh, the sound editing, especially all of it was extremely well done. My only problem, and it's the thing I mentioned before, was that when the inmate falls to his death, they cut to a shot of his body, which is just broken apart and splattered. And I thought that was a bit much. I think we get the point.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they've, we've got to show how corrupted these people look what they've become they're the monsters they made this guy get splattered into a puddle i guess so i definitely liked the message behind the sequence culturally and especially like the last 25 years here in america i think it's a pretty relevant message as far as when something happens people start overreacting to it we've seen it time and again from multiple different positions So I liked the idea of it. I didn't necessarily buy it. I don't know. I felt like either that they were too wound up and they could have been talked down or that just the sequence itself, well shot, is just not very pleasant and therefore not enjoyable. I still approve of the sequence
0: well let me me put it this way the movie eventually to me kind of counteracts this towards the end
1: yes exactly that was very much in my head like okay i mean this makes sense but that just like what was the point of having this whole thing before
0: yes yeah we're almost there we're getting close to that ending we're going to talk about it in a second so michael myers is of course not there what we eventually learn from the cop that ends up in the hospital bed right next to Laurie Strode, the cop that was also there on that night in 78, was that for some reason he knows for sure that Michael Myers isn't headed to the hospital, he's just trying to get back to his house.
1: Which apparently has been bought out by these two gay men who are living together, who earlier in the movie got tricked by some trick-or-treaters into thinking that they had given her a candy with a razor and cut her tongue off so that they could send their friend in and steal candy from inside uh, that I was just like okay
0: yeah that was that was kind of extreme but I liked that couple they were fun characters
1: yeah no yeah they were big john and little john (laughs) like
0: like I said all these little characters in this movie are fun but I just I sit there going oh well they have to die everybody has to die
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much I mean we're not kidding
0: Yeah, because not long after these scenes, we cut back to them. Michael Myers comes into their house and he kills them. But that was a well-done sequence. It was slow-paced. It was subtle. And he sneaks up on one of them. Then he takes out the other because they do that thing in every horror movie where they split up for too long.
1: Oh, yes.
0: I mean, I admit, like, I maybe I'm using hyperbole here, but I just felt like everybody is a little too stupid and they all die very easily.
1: I mean, they definitely die pretty easily. Because, yeah, then after this sequence, the granddaughter and the boy from the previous movie uh the one who was in the yellow blouse that I mentioned before they go into the house after that cuz they're going to take down Michael Solo now and then Michael just kills the teenage boy well the teenage boy's father goes in first Michael kills him then those two go in and then he kills the boy and he almost kills the granddaughter and then he wanders back out onto the streets and then and then after Laurie and Frank have have been discussing or what their theories are on Michael for a while and if this is all the right thing to do or not. And if she created him, which I don't think she did, but if she created him, then the entire town has Michael Meyer surrounded and they've got bats and planks and
0: fists ready to go. They marred down the hysteria So now a group of people can finally Track down Michael and kill him And they finally get Michael out in the streets They all come in with their bats and their guns And they lay into him Michael gets a few good strikes on them But they end up overpowering Michael and
1: They get him down to the ground So it looks like he's basically I mean they like it looks like his bones should have been broken At this point he's laying on pavement bleeding
0: Yeah they really mess Michael up And they stab him and they do all that And I mean there were even parts earlier on when Laurie Strode's daughter really messes him up where I'm just like just keep hitting (laughs) him You don't know if he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said that too. And I I felt it a bit here with the mob and I was like, okay, well, I mean, it looks like they at least got him, but I mean, they can't necessarily know for sure. I mean, they, I mean, you know, a lot of these people, they don't know about what Laurie Strode knows that Michael is, you know, this powerful force. And then we get this long sequence at the hospital with Laurie and the police officer where, where they're like, well, you, you you see, you can't defeat Michael with brute force because Michael is... Is a, ...is a symbol, he, he's a shape, he's, he's a supernatural force of sorts. And then we see Michael, in almost a supernatural sense, stand up... ...and then just kill all the people that tried to kill him.
1: Which I don't really know where Laurie got this from. I, I mean, even though it seems to be correct, in the previous movie... ...the climax is her trying to finally beat Michael with brute force... ...and she thinks she succeeded... But it turns out in a fluke, he got away. So suddenly she realizes that that means everything else about the supernatural thing, suddenly.
0: Probably my biggest problem with the entire movie is that it sets up this whole mob mentality thing. Then the mob ends up, you know, going crazy and getting someone killed and they realize their mistake. But then it's like, then they learn their mistake and they and they're now redeemed because now they they organize themselves better they come together for a cause and they attack the real michael myers but it doesn't matter you see because michael myers is a supernatural force that cannot be defeated just by brute force and then he he kind of just gets up and in these very stylized shots where everything's like all in black he just goes in and kills all of them
1: As it cuts back and forth between Laurie talking with uh, her friend, which I actually did like the way it cut back and forth, at least.
0: I liked the editing, too, yes. Like, from a technical level, a lot of it is still very well done. It just, to me, this felt like the most arbitrary ending. It just felt like, oh, guys, we're in the middle of a trilogy. We, we got to keep this going. Okay, so, so Michael just gets up, and then he kills all the people that killed him, and he gets away.
1: You don't usually see an ending like this in horror movies. Usually you get your climax where they defeat him, Half the time it shows he's not actually dead, but you still got that climax and it's over. But no, it just, it's him killing basically every character except the couple left at the hospital and walking away.
0: And the thing that I at least think is a good hook for the sequel is that his last victim is Lori Strode's daughter. Mm. Because she comes in to try to save her her daughter, uh, Lori Strode's granddaughter. And she succeeds in saving her. And she goes up into Michael Myers' house and sort of stands at the window that Michael used to look out from when she was a kid. And then Michael shows up inside the house and kills her. <laughs> as he does everybody.
1: Yeah, this movie was clearly trying to do an Empire Strikes Back sort of thing.
0: But not very well. 100%. <laughs> It's trying to be that dark middle chapter where the stakes are turned back on everybody else and they all end up making mistakes but have to to come back for the final movie. And they're clearly going for that, but the events of a lot of it just end up feeling so arbitrary and so like, we need this thing to happen so the next movie that can happen, that it ultimately just feels really unsatisfying. and, And for the ending especially, I thought mediocre. I mean, I'll put it this way, Alex. I'm engaged in the sense that, well, if brute force will beat Michael, how are they going to beat Michael? <laughs> and that's, that's the extent of my engagement going into the next one, which is going to be called Halloween Ends. Right.
1: Oh, I think they're, they're going to have to beat him with love, Brandon. We have to hold hands around him. We have to hold hands and hug and he's going to go down.
0: Yeah, I assume it's going to be like psychological. It's going to be like they go deep into Michael's psyche and find something that appeals to him that he finally dies or something.
1: I don't know what else they're going to do.
0: I'm engaged on that level and also because I think the filmmaking is good. But in terms of the storytelling itself, I I just thought Halloween Kills just kind of fizzled out at the end.
1: That's how I felt about a lot of it. But yeah, either way, I'm still eager to see the third and I feel like probably has to be better because we're going to get an ending. The first one was good either as a beginning or just as a standalone movie. And then we're going to get an ending to that standalone movie. And in the meanwhile, you just got to get through this, which is well shot, uh, well scored. Again, uh, the Halloween movies, uh, a lot of the soundtrack comes from John Carpenter himself, who was a creating force behind the original 1978 Halloween and the director of that film. Yeah, A lot of fun in here. Not as much fun as the the first movie from 2018. A lot of problems, though. More problems than the... 2018 one maybe not as glaringly stupid problems but much more problems and the good in this one does not really outweigh the problems like in the previous movie
0: i mean i don't think david gordon green's a bad director I think he has good ideas and I think his writer's doing a fine job. And I think there's there's things to go with here. Like, they're clearly trying, which is more than I can say of so many Hollywood movies today. That's true. It's just, I was... I came out of this movie very unsatisfied with a lot of it. Delays pending. I'm hoping to see Halloween ends next year or maybe the year after. We'll see when they're able to get it out. And see, like if Alex did, if they defeat Michael with the power of love or if they go for something more psychological, or who knows. But either way, uh, I appreciate you joining me for this, Alex, because I really needed somebody to bounce thoughts off of, because I was kind of really just all over the place coming out of this one.
1: Definitely. I mean, like, immediately coming out of it, until going through this review with you, I still didn't know all of my thoughts exactly. Like I said, I knew my thoughts. I still don't exactly know my own opinions, though. It is very mixed. And again, if you are just invested in the franchise, you're going to want to watch all the way through for whatever reason. And if you just want to one-off the first Halloween from 2018, I think you could get away with doing that because it's a pretty self-contained adventure. So whether or not you see this and want to count this as canon to the rest of that universe is up to you.
0: If you saw Halloween 2018 and like me were like, you know, that's actually a pretty good ending. On some level, I would recommend stopping, but... If you're interested in a sequel, it could be a lot worse, but also eh, it was kind of middling to me by the end. Thank you, Alex, for helping me kind of decipher this one. This was this was a lot to go through, and I'm hoping that you'll be with me again when we cover Halloween Ends. No power of love. <laughs> the, the final movie will just end with Laurie Strode hugging Michael. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're melting.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> ha- have a good day, Alex.
1: <laughs> Hi, you too, man.
0: And I hope you have a good one, too, and thank you so much for listening. If you have suggestions for movies, be them horror or otherwise, or movie topics you'd like us to discuss on this podcast, please send them to overthinkingmoviespodcast at gmail.com. For more episodes of Overthinking Movies, as well as the other podcasts made by my team of talented co-workers, you can find those at goldhitswkva.com, star967.com, and wchx1055.com by clicking on the Podcast tab. You can also find Overthinking Movies on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you can find podcasts. We'll be back next week with Goalies 2. Uh, wish us luck. That's a wrap.